If you're reading through the Old Testament this year, according to our schedule, read Genesis 16, Nehemiah 5, and Psalm 15. This devotional is about Genesis 16. Now, Abram's wife Sarai had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, Look now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go to my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after he had lived in Canaan for ten years, his wife Sarai took her Egyptian maidservant Hagar and gave her to Abram to be his wife. And he slept with Hagar, and she conceived. But when Hagar realized that she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be upon you. I delivered my servant into your arms, and ever since she saw that she was pregnant, she has treated me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. Here, said Abram, your servant is in your hands. Do whatever you want with her. Then Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she fled from her. Now the angel of the Lord found Hagar by a spring of water in the desert, the spring along the road to Shur. Hagar, servant of Sarai, he said, Where have you come from, and where are you going? I am running away from my mistress, Sarai, she replied. So the angel of the Lord told her, Return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then the angel added, I will greatly multiply your offspring, so that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord proceeded, Behold, you have conceived and will bear a son, and you shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard your cry of affliction. He will be a wild donkey of a man, and his hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. He will live in hostility toward all his brothers. So Hagar gave this name to the Lord, who had spoken to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, Here I have seen the one who sees me. Therefore the well was called Bir Laharoi. It is located between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had borne. Abram was eighty-six years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to him. This is God's word. Genesis 15 was such a beautiful chapter about Abram's relationship to God. After Abram saved Lot and his cohorts, but refused to take any gains for himself in Genesis 14, God appeared to him in Genesis 15 and said, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Abram was honest with God about the pain of having no heir, despite all that God had promised him. That's in Genesis 14, verses 2 and 3. And God reaffirmed his promise to Abram in verses 4 and 5, even making an unconditional covenant ceremony for Abram in Genesis 15, verses 9 through 21. Verse 6 of chapter 15 told us that Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. What a beautiful chapter that was, Genesis 15. Once he left that metaphorical spiritual mountaintop, however, Abram acquiesced to the request of Sarai here in Genesis 16. We saw that in verses 1 through 4. Her solution to the lack of an heir was reasonable and acceptable in their culture, and it worked, according to verse 4. But it was an act of unbelief in the promise of God. And as an act of unbelief, it created all kinds of problems in Abram's household, according to verses 5 and 6. This is one of the ways that sin appeals to us. It offers us a direct and easy solution to the problems that bother us the most. And it usually works 
at least for a while. Because we are not all-knowing, we never see the consequences coming. We ignore God's promises and his warnings, make choices in fear instead of faith, and then are filled with regret and complications. One way people do this is by dating someone who is unsaved. Every Christian knows that it is wrong to date an unbeliever, and sometimes God is gracious and saves an unbeliever who is unequally yoked with a Christian in marriage. More often, however, the believer compromises again and again and again. They know it's wrong to date an unbeliever, but they tell themselves they won't marry him or her. Besides, he's a good guy or she's a nice girl. They have strong qualities and good morals, so there's really no risk to dating someone who's unsaved, a person might think. When a good Christian comes along, the believer thinks they'll end the ungodly relationship. For now, though, it feels good to be loved. And in some cases, they tell themselves that they'll remain pure, even though their unsaved boyfriend or girlfriend doesn't understand the wait-until-marriage thing that the Bible teaches us Christians to follow. That tension creates greater pressure to compromise morally than one already feels from his or her own physical body. When the unbeliever proposes, the Christian decides to marry him or her, hoping that God will save their spouse but feeling thankful for someone to love and marry. Again, sometimes God is merciful and gracious in these situations, but that's not usually how it goes. Even when God is merciful and saves an unbelieving spouse, there are still tensions and temptations that go with compromising in this area, not to mention that dating an unbeliever is a sin by itself. I'm concerned for professing Christians who are in relationships with unbelievers or with people who may profess Christ, but don't seem to walk with him much. I understand your desire and how tempting it is to compromise. But look at the problems that Abram and Sarah created. By trying to solve their problems themselves, instead of trusting the Lord to provide. The longer you live in a sinful situation, the greater the pressure will be to compromise morally again and again. It will not get easier to do right in the future. It will get harder, more painful, and more costly. So just trust the Lord and do what he tells you to do. I promise you, he won't let you down. If you found this devotional helpful, please subscribe to receive it in your email every day. This is free. Just go to dailypbj.com and put in your email address. And every morning, an email will arrive with the links to audio, video, and a transcript of these devotionals. And that'll help you to be in God's Word every day. I'm looking for people to help me with financial support on a monthly basis so I can keep going making these videos. If you can help with that, please go to dailypbj.com support. And I have several tiers of support. The lowest starts at $10 a month. So if you can help just by giving $10 a month, that would be very helpful. And if you can't and don't want to, that's fine too. I just hope this content is a blessing to you. If it is a blessing to you, please share it with someone else who can be blessed by it. And I'll see you next time. May God bless you. Hope you have a great day.